Good morning. Good morning. All right. Good morning. Yes. It's good to see some of the young people still made it in. Even after that beat down that they got from the old timers in volleyball. Yeah. How many games was it, Alice? Three games in a row. Oh, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray for all the sore backs of the old people that we... <laughs> we're on three Motrins, all of us. <laughs> Praise God, we had an awesome time. That was an awesome time. We excited for the word. It's all right, I'm excited about it. So, so it's all good. All right, let's, let's settle in. And let's press. Tell the person that talks a lot, tell them, not now. <laughs> it just embarrassed some of you. You just got told to shut up. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I, I, I saw something online somewhere. I think Molly put it up or something. And I like the way it sounded, so I, I copied it, I added it, and I changed it and made it mine. So, this is mine. It's, it's a prayer that I wrote. It says, Lord, enlighten what's dark in me. Strengthen what's weak in me. Mend what's broken in me. Bind what's bruised in me. Heal what's sick in me. Revive whatever dreams and hopes have died in me. Restore whatever peace and love has been lost in me. Replace whatever joy has been robbed from me. And release me to find and fulfill your purpose for me. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Woo! Some of you just needed that. You can leave. That's all you needed. Praise God. For the last couple of weeks, I, I, I took uh, two weeks to, to kind of, I wanted to, I've, I've been trying to build a new series and kind of, you know, work on a new series. And, you know, I work a full-time job and, and, you know, we got a lot of things going on and, and it's hard. But I, I've, been, I've been struggling with this new series. And usually, I'll be honest with you, God makes it really easy for me. I get an idea and boom, boom, and, and you know, I'm not that smart. But God is that good. And then when, when I look at the year and I see how it all worked out, it looks like I'm a genius. Like I planned this so well. And you would think I have such great organizational skills, but i not even a... Just talk to my wife. So I was struggling and, and I realized I was struggling so much because I had an idea and I was trying to make it fit. And, and don't, we, don't we tend to do that sometimes? We come to God with our plans and we ask Him to bless instead of going to God for His plans, right? Anybody, anybody guilty of that, right? We say, God, you know, I, I, I know you're busy, God, and, and you know, so you haven't sent my man yet, so I'm going to just pick this one and you bless him. Like, save them, sanctify them, fill them with the Spirit of God, make them. Meanwhile, this, this dude got three sixes on his forehead. 
But you got faith. Feel God can do anything. We, t- we tend to do that sometimes, amen? <laughs> but, but, but see, that the thing is, we've had such a strong year. Haven't we had an incredibly strong year? Does anybody feel that? Have you been with us since the beginning? We've had a strong year. We started with a 30-day challenge. And so the first month of the year, we, we did a week of prayer, a week of fasting and practicing it, and a week of, 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 of studying the Word and living it. Right? We did a, a week of acts of kindness. We did service. We, we chose a word for the year. How many of you still living out your word for the year? Amen. Amen. Ten people listen to me here. This is awesome. This is great, Daisy. It's more than I thought. So, so I, I wanted to have, I had this, in my idea, this idea, I wanted to talk to you that we want to go to the next level. And so I wanted a series like Activate, you know, Engage. Like Wonder Twin Powers, activate. For... Yeah, if you're not from the 80s, you missed that one. You don't know what I'm talking about. And so I was sharing this with a few people, and I was, I was even hyping up the next series to people. And, and I didn't even have anything, though. But I was hyping it up. I said, oh, this next series is going to be about going to a next level. It's going to be about activating and engaging, and people were getting excited. But I had nothing. And that's a scary thing as a pastor. And, and so, you know, I, 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 there's a couple of people that I talk to and I kick ideas back and forth with and, and go back and forth. And my wife is definitely one of those. Some of my best series come from her. Do you know that? She, she's in class, so I can talk about her. I mean, she's good. Sometimes I tell her, you know, why don't you preach that? And she'd be like, you better get out of here with that. <laughs> See, I came up with the idea. Now you just go and tell them. So but this, this, this week, it was funny because before I started talking to her about, you know, what I'm trying to get and I can't get, I, I started telling her about all these ministries. I was talking to her about all these people that I've been talking to, all these ministries that are rising up in the church. And I mean, it's incredible. I've been talking to people. We got the, the I love you ministry, the pray for me ministry, the good Samaritans are doing outreach ministry. I mean, it's so many things happening and going that we're, we, we have to like arrange our schedules. It's crazy. And so I'm telling her all these things, and then I tell her, and so, you know, I want to talk about a message that will get the, the church. And he's like, she's like, but they're already on another level. We're already on another level. ¿Qué más level ni level quiere? Así viene el sandwich. We're already engaged. We're already experiencing areas of growth and prayer and worship and maturity. People are coming to us with, with, with new ideas for ministries, with ways to get involved and ways to grow. We don't need to engage. We don't need to activate. We're already there. So what's needed now, this is when you start listening to God. You say, oh, okay, God. Not my plans, but your plans. What's needed now, we need to work on now as a body is staying the race. Staying active, staying engaged, continuing to grow, continuing to move. It doesn't matter how strong we start if you don't finish well. Amen? Amen? Amen. I mean, no, you could be a faithful husband for 20 years. That one mistake of unfaithfulness ruins 20 years, right? My cousin always tells me, nobody remembers all the good you did. They'll only talk about the last time you screwed up. 
And so I've seen it too many times throughout 25 years of ministry. People start strong and then lose focus. They get distracted. Something cuts in on them. They get interrupted and they never get back on track. You ever been interrupted? You were, you were heading someplace and somebody interrupts you? And then you're like, where was I? Where was I? You ever had those where was I moments? It's just me? Because I'm getting old or what? what? Listen, if you grab the room full of people that are, that are homeless, people that, have been, that are addicted to drugs, that are just broken, that are living a really rough life right now and having a really rough time, if, if you put a group of them in a room together, inside that room, there'll be one guy that used to be a pastor. There'll be one guy in there that used to be an evangelist. He used to preach the gospel in the streets. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. There'll be one guy in there, or one lady in there, she'll come out, she goes, I used to lead the choir. I used to lead worship. And then, and then what, what happened? Somebody, somewhere along the line, somewhere along the path, they got interrupted and they never started again. They were heading right. They were doing well. They were full of purpose. They were on a good path. They were doing good things, but they got interrupted and never got back on track. Anybody been there? You know what I'm talking about. You were doing well, but you, you, you got sidetracked. You got interrupted. And that's why, listen, I never stop telling people. I, you, you know, I, I write to people on Facebook that don't come to church all the time, and I connect with them again, and I tell them, come to church, man. You need to be in the fellowship. We need this. I don't need you to come because I need anything. I need you to come because we, we're the part of it. When one of you is missing, there's a wheel in the system that's, that, that the other ones around got to work harder. There's a, there's a disconnect. Right? We need each other. God calls us to live in fellowship. You know why? This is so awesome. God showed me this. Because we, 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 when you're in fellowship and, and, and you get interrupted and you say, where was I? Then all of a sudden there's people around you. And those people tell you, oh. <laughs> you say, where, 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 where was I? And, and your brothers will tell you, yeah, you were busy being awesome. Before you got interrupted, man, you was busy moving ahead. Before you got interrupted, you were doing great. You, you were just about to let go of that past issue. You were just about to forgive that person, that offense that you've been holding on to for 20 years. That's where you were. Where was I? You was about to move forward, man. It's so awesome to have people around you. Where was I? You awesome. Being awesome, like usual. Isn't it great to have people around you like that? Amen. That's, that's what the church is called to be. If you didn't know, now you know. We're not here to tell you, well, you know, you're, you're a screw-up and, you know, you're messing up again. We, how many know we don't need nobody to tell us when we mess up again? We know when we mess up. We need somebody to encourage us, somebody to lift us up, somebody to speak life into you. Where was I? You blowing it again? No, where was I? You was just about to get the victory in that thing, man. You are this close to victory, man. I wanna, you are this close to, like pastor in the volleyball game. You are this close, man, to victory. Sorry, I had to throw it in there one more time. That's it, I promise. So many of us, how many of us can say, you know, I would have had a master's degree by now if I didn't get interrupted. Ah, I'd be in charge of that place where I work right now if I didn't get interrupted. 
I would have lost all the weight that I wanted to lose by now. If I didn't get interrupted. I would own my own business by now. I would have a house by now. I'd have the house paid off by now. I'd have good credit by now. I, I would have my debt paid off by now. If I hadn't gotten into, I'd be in a different place with God by now. If I hadn't been interrupted. Anybody? Listen, family, I'm not judging. I'm guilty. When you're blessed with ADHD, like most pastors are, you are so easily distracted. It's hard. We got to work harder at this. I'm sitting in front of my laptop uh, in my office, and I'm, I'm going to write a message, man, and a breeze comes in. And, and I say, wow, it's windy outside. And I look at the trees, and say, man, the trees are so green to, at this time of the year. I look down, and I say, oh, man, I used to have a minivan. Oh, man, it's such a great day for, like, a bike ride. Oh, oh man, I remember when me and my wife were on the motorcycle. We were up in, in Bear Mountain. Man, let me text my wife. Baby, I miss you. Love you. Oh, I got 18 unread messages in Facebook. Five funny videos later, I'm saying, where was I? And, I, and my, my blank screen, which has already dimmed, you know, I went to sleep. There's a blank page there where a sermon should have been by now. But I got distracted. You, you understand? So I'm not judging anybody. I'm telling you the struggle is real. <laughs> So what I found this week with the Apostle Paul is something that kind of helps me, and so I'm hoping that it'll help some of you. Amen? This, the Apostle Paul uses an interesting and hopefully very helpful illustration. He uses it in almost all of his letters. He tells it to the Galatians, to the Philippians, to the church in Corinth. He tells it to Timothy, the young man that he's mentoring. He compares the Christian walk with a race. In all of his letters, he uses this. I don't know if you've noticed this before. If we can get this picture for our Christian walk, I think it would be helpful to keep us on track and stay focused. Stay, stay with me for a few minutes. Show me, show me 1 Corinthians 9. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. We do it to get a crown that will last forever. He says, therefore, I don't run like a man running aimlessly. I don't fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. So to the church in Corinth, he's telling them, run with purpose. Run to get the prize. Don't let anything interrupt you, distract you, or deter you. Can Somebody needs to hear this today. Run. Run. He says, don't let the desires of your own body disqualify you. Oh, man. That's, that's what that heavy. Sometimes our own desires will interrupt you. I don't want to be single anymore. But you don't just want anybody. I'm picking on the singles today, but it's because I love you. And because I want the best for you. Listen to me. If you're a runner, don't waste your time with people that have no desire to run. 
Paul says, I make my body my slave. I check myself before I wreck myself. Don't drop out of the race to sit on the sidelines when you were called to run. If he ain't got a number on his chest, he's not for you. If she doesn't even got sneakers, she's not for you. She has no desire to run with you. Oh, I'm cutting deep today. Don't drop out. You were called to run. Somebody say amen. amen. Look at Philippians. Philippians 3.12. He tells the church at Philippi. Not that, he says, I haven't already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of for me. Brothers, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what's behind and straining toward what's ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So, so to the church at Philippi, he says in essence, listen, nobody's perfect. Can, can you guys relax today? Nobody's perfect. And, and guess what? Just because we're not perfect, it doesn't make us hypocrites. Stop saying that people in church are hypocrites. No, we're just trying to get through the right thing. Do we always do it? No. That doesn't make us a hypocrite. At least we're striving. At least we're pressing. What are you doing? I hate that word. So he says, I, you know, Paul's saying, I haven't even gotten to that level. But you know what works for me? One thing I do, he says, I forget. Sometimes you got to forget what's behind you. And you got to strain toward what's ahead. Is that a word for anybody today? Sometimes you got to forget, yeah, but I used to this, so what? Forget about it. Yeah, but I came from this, my mother was a this, I live here, so what? Forget about it. Forget one thing I do, Paul says. Paul used to persecute Christians. He's got lives, he's got, if, if he was a gangster in prison, he'd have teardrops. Paul walking around hardcore with all these tats and teardrops. Preaching the love of Christ Jesus. He's got lives to his name. He says, so one thing I do when somebody reminds me, aren't you Paul? You used to kill people like us. One thing I do, forgetting what's behind and straining toward what's ahead. <laughs> so many of us get interrupted on the way toward what God is calling us to do and we stop. We stop because we messed up. We quit because we failed. It didn't happen quick enough. We got interrupted and we went off track. And at some point, we found ourselves so far from where we should have been that we decided it's never going to happen. I'm too far now. Anybody? I'm glad you're still here. Amen. I'm glad you came back. Listen, I'll be honest with you. My wife will tell you I've been lost in many, many places. Many times. And I've never, ever had a GPS tell me, forget it, you're too far, and shut off. <laughs> never. Anybody here ever had a GPS say, or oh, be that there, bro? <laughs> you're not going to make it. You are too stupid. You, 
You cannot follow directions. You have poor attention span. You shouldn't even be driving. I don't know how you got this car. I've never had a GPS. What does a GPS do? Recalculates and says, okay, okay, brother. Now from here, here's how you got to go. And you make six more wrong turns. Okay, brother. Now from here, here's where we got to go. And you're passing the same bodega 18 times. The same Sears that you can't get to because it's on the other side of the highway. But it never quits. It always resets. It says, okay. I mean, come on. Can I shout encouragement at somebody today? Get back on track. Get in the race. Forget what's behind and strain toward what's ahead. (laughs) Second Timothy. he, He shares this with Timothy. I love this, this word. Look, at, look, look what he says to Timothy. He said, there's going to come a time, man, when people are going to turn their ears from the truth. And they're going to turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations. Endure hardships. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge the duties of your ministry. For me, I'm already being poured out like a drink offering. The time has come for my departure. Paul is old. He said, I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there's in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Oh, amen. Wow. Wow. Paul says to Timothy, people all around you, they're going to stop running. Family, people all around you are going to stop running. They're going to allow themselves to be interrupted and led astray. They're going to get distracted and many will be destroyed. But you, you, keep your head in the game. And do what God has called you to do. You have to become uninterruptible. Come on. This is at the end of his life, man. Paul is saying, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I have kept the faith. Church, as a pastor, one of the hardest things I have to deal with is watching people drop out the race. That's one of the hardest things. That's harder than funerals. That's harder, that's harder than anything that we're called to do is to watch people. If you're running, you're running and to watch a number fall. And to watch another number fall. And to be in a new season of running and all the people around you are different. Because so many fell off and stopped running. By their own desires. I don't, I don't want to live reconciled to God because, you know, some, some people, you know, our own desires kind of pull us away. And then and, and because of that, they say, you know, I don't want to live reconciled to God because he might ask me to give up some things that I love doing. And I love those things more than life. Isn't it crazy when somebody says, no, nah, man, I don't want to serve God because I love the, this that I'm doing, even though they're miserable. I mean, you know, normally those people are miserable. Like I never met a happy drug addict. Never. They might be happy for four seconds when the thing hits the bloodstream. After that, it's hell again. 
until the next hit. But I said, I love those things more than life, just like the Corinthians. I found some people rather be miserable in their sin because they don't want to answer to God. And so I've seen people stop coming to church because they don't want... I've seen people stop coming to church because they don't want to tithe. I'm like, keep your money, bro. I'm good. Don't, don't worry about it. If that's something so heavy on your life, man, you answer to God about that, man. Huh? Or because they don't want to give up a habit. Say, nah, man, once I stop this, then, then I'll show up. You know what? There's a bunch of people in here that haven't stopped nothing yet. Amen? And we're not hypocrites. We're just trying to be what God has called us to be. And some of us get victory in some areas. And, and there's victory coming for the rest of us. And there's victory and we try. It doesn't mean we stop. Don't, don't get this wrong and don't take this as a license. Yeah, you guys can keep getting high. I didn't say that. You guys can keep sleeping around. You guys don't have to be this or do that or no. Don't have to do anything the Word says. No. First of all, I don't have the authority to tell you that. Because if the Word says it, that's what you should do. Who it don't matter what I tell you is good or what license or what any church or pastor tells you is fine. If the Word says it's no good, it's sin, then it's sin. Amen? So don't think I'm giving anybody license. Oh, you can do whatever you want. I mean, light up in here. It don't matter. We're good. All I'm saying is don't let anything stop you. You keep pressing on. Put the crack ball in your pocket. Come sit in church and worship a little while. One day, you're going to take it out and smash it because you're going to say, I don't need it anymore. I don't need it. One day, you're going to stop living the life and, and stop sleeping around with women. Stop. One day, you're going to stop living that way. You're going to say, I want to do it right. I don't want this anymore. And you're going to get the victory. But don't let it stop you from being part of the... You need to be in a place so that when you fall off and you say, where was I? Somebody says, you was about to get the victory, brother. Some get interrupted because of their own mistakes, their past, like the Philippians. Or because the pressure from everybody around them is too great to overcome like God was said was going to happen in Timothy. And so they pull away from the church, they pull away from his people. And by the time they realize that they, 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 they realize they've been interrupted and they ask, where was I? And there's nobody around to let them know where they was. There's nobody left to tell them anything good. There's nobody left to encourage them. There's nobody left to reach out to them. Church, we all face interruptions. You understand? Remember, just because someone is a pastor or a leader of any kind, it doesn't make them immune to interruptions. We hear all the time about those leaders who got interrupted and dropped out, who got interrupted and got off track. And we're not here to talk about them and we're not here to bash them. We're just here to understand that this happens and it's the struggle is real. Amen? So as leaders, we got to run even harder. We got to be even more focused. We got to even be more careful because people are following. And so we have to surround ourselves with like-minded people that would help us keep us on track. It's nothing more dangerous than a leader that lives by himself. A leader that has no influence around them because in his head he can go off sometimes. 
And there's nobody to tell him, Papa, you, you off right now. That's not what that scripture says, man. You better read that again. Read the one that's after it. Read the one that comes before it. It's a whole package. Interruptions will always come. Before we go any further with that, I want you to understand. Some interruptions are good. How many of you have been interrupted by God? Some interruptions are from God. You say, how can God stop some? Yeah, sometimes we get interrupted by God. There are interruptions that detour us, distract us, and destroy us. But there are also interruptions where God intercedes and God intervenes. Anybody ever been stopped by God? So there are interruptions that deliver and interruptions that destroy. Our role, the struggle, is to determine which is which. That's something I can't answer for you. By definition, an interruption is a suspension, a break. Something that causes a stop in action. Some of you will get it better this way. When Verizon says there's going to be an interruption in service... If you don't pay $46.98 by the 12th, now you know what interruption is, right? When Con Ed says it, that means, boom, you're going to have no power because there's an interruption in service. So an interruption is something that stops you. You get it? And we see throughout the word that God interrupts his people on the regular. When you're filled with the Spirit of God, when you're walking with God, God will interrupt you on the regular and God will use you to be an interruption to other people in the good way. Say amen. Woo! Forget. I could, there's countless Bible stories, but forget Bible stories. I'll tell you my own story that I love sharing. I've shared a hundred times, but if you're new, this is for you. Many of you knew before I came to Christ, I was a spirit medium. I was an epiritita. That wasn't a joke. I'm serious. And one night I was, I was dressed in my white clothes with my beads. How many of you have seen all the beads, right? Those, those color beads. That all the, that's, not, that's not fashion. That's witchcraft. Some of you rocking them and you're tucking them right now. That's witchcraft, bro. That's not protecting you right now. That's a yoke that's holding you back. I'm going to let you know. I'm going to let you know. <laughs> Santa Barbara ain't doing nothing up in here. You understand that? So one night I was dressed in my bed. I had my bees. I was baptized. I was ready to go to Prospect Avenue in the Bronx where I worked at a central as a medium. I was the youngest medium in that place. My wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, praise God. She was fighting with me. We were outside her house in the street. And she's fighting with me like she did every Friday night. But you know what? I said, I'm called by God. If this is what God wants me to do, I'm doing it. You're not stopping me. I've always had that kind of stank attitude. And so I was ready to go. We're fighting. We're fighting. But God is so awesome. God sent a group of little Pentecostal ladies. I'm talking the buns, the long pants, the long hair, the long skirts. Mustaches, you know, the whole nine. No earrings. God bless them. Because they saved my life.
They came up there. It was an interruption. I got interrupted. I was, I had to get on the train. I had to get down to Prospect Avenue in the Bronx. I had to get to the central. I had to do the witchcraft that I was doing that I thought I was serving God. But there was an interruption. These little ladies came out of all week. They've been praying all week. So they're walking. They're not even touching the floor. They're not, like just gliding. They're in the spirit, you know, and they're not break pop locking, but they're in the spirit, you know what I'm saying? That was smooth, right? That was smooth. All right, anyway. God sent these ladies and they interrupted me and they told me, you got to stop. You got to come downstairs for a minute. Come inside the house. Come inside the house. And I came inside the house and they started praying. I'm like, oh man, I'm going to be late, you know? And they started praying and listen, man, God spoke to me. God spoke to me. One of them scared me to death. She said, you know that tonight the enemy had a trap for your life? You were not going to make it to Prospect Avenue. You weren't going to make it past the train station. Tonight your life would have been required of you. There was a trap set for your life. And I'm like, oh man. And, she, and then she's talking to me in this little squeaky Spanish voice. And all of a sudden, for me, it was the audible voice of God. Her, her voice transformed and it got deep. And she started speaking into my heart. And she told me, listen, those gifts that you have, it's not for what you're doing. I have called you. I will use you. But it's not to do what you're doing right now. Leave that. Walk away from that. Praise God. Praise God. I walked away that day. I got rid of my bees. I smashed my saints. I destroyed the altars. And for the first time in my life, I slept like a baby with no fear. I was in bondage for a year of fear and panic every night when I slept. Things would move, things would pull me on my arms, but my leg. I would torment every year and night. Listen, if your kid is struggling with stuff like that, start to pray and investigate. Find out what they're getting involved with. Find out what you're doing. Don't go to a center to pray so that they can fix your kids. Don't give those houses any money and tell them, my kid needs direction. Come to God with that. It's free. Amen? Don't you dare put a little... A little thing in their clothes. Don't put a little thing under their bed. Don't think you're helping them. You're, you're opening the kingdom of darkness on your kid. And that's why they can't sleep. You want to talk to, to me about that later? We'll, we can talk about it. I lived it. So that meant I was delivered and set free. I didn't need a preacher. I didn't need a pastor. I didn't need a healing team. I didn't need a deliverance ministry. God just, bam. Woo, done. Done. See, sometimes God will interrupt you to save you. Woo! Anybody excited today? I'm excited. I go for another three hours. Praise God. Sometimes God, I'll be here by myself, but I still keep going. Sometimes God will interrupt you to save you. Some of you might think coming here today was your idea. This was an interruption to stop you from doing and heading the way you were heading. You're getting it today. That's why when I get a flat tire, the car won't start. I don't get stressed out anymore. Because I said, God, you're stopping me from getting into something that's the enemy set along the path for me. You're saving me right now. Bless God for the, if I'm not going to get there, I've come to the point where I thank God for interruptions. 
But then there are interruptions that will keep you from pressing on. There are interruptions that will keep you from drawing close. And I'm going to bring your attention to a last, the last passage here. Another passage where Paul uses this imagery and this illustration is in Galatians 5. Let me give you a little background info here because it's important. He's talking to the, to the churches at Galatia and, and that he established on his first missionary trip. And he's talking to them because what happened is a bunch of Judaizing Christians come and they're preaching to them and they're telling them, listen, in order, I know what Paul said, but in order for you to be real Christians, you have to become real Jews. And so in order to be real Jews, you have to be circumcised. I don't know what their obsession was with circumcision back in the Old Testament, but it's a big obsession. They say, in order for you to be real Christians, you have to be real Jews. And in order to be real Jews, you have to be circumcised. You have to follow the law. And so they were preaching a form of Christian legalism. So they, the only way that you can be saved was for you to be circumcised. And so Paul hears the Galatians getting all confused. I mean, you know, confusion is not from God. God is not the author of confusion. So Paul hears all these Galatians getting confused and they're getting caught up and they're falling back into religion. And he writes this letter to them. Listen, whenever an interruption brings confusion, that is not from God. Receive that today. The main point of this letter is written right up here on our platform. Galatians 5.1 It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. The rest of the verse says, Stand firm then, don't let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Paul says to them, Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you, if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you. Again, I declare to every man who has let themselves be circumcised, he's obligated to obey the whole law. So if you're going to put yourself under the law, then you have to keep the entire law. And we've already proven that we can't do that. Amen? People have such a hard time with grace. Don't they? They always try to complicate it. It can't just be about God's gift. It has to be about us. So we have to earn some part in earning our salvation. Listen, you can't earn a free gift. Amen? The gospel is so simple. It's good news. Sin separated us from God. The penalty for sin is death. Christ died to pay that price. We're not separated from God anymore. Wow. Some of you say, why don't you just say that in the beginning so we get to leave by now. There's so many confusing doctrines and theologies that are rising up right now that are so popular today because of these celebrity preachers. I get mad. <laughs> let, me not, let me stay happy in my good place. <laughs> so 1 Corinthians says, it says, it says, 1 Corinthians will tell you, just so you know, God is not the author of confusion. That's in 1 Corinthians. The Galatians and many of us today, we get so caught up in religion and in legalism and in doctrines and devils and we want direction and imp- we're so fickle. We want direction and inspiration from the stars and the planets. So, so we, we focus on our horoscopes. We want enlightenment from the new age. So we read all the self-help junk that's out there. We want the tranquility of modern Eastern philosophy. We want the Zen of Buddhism. So we meditate. We want spiritual disciplines of Hinduism. So we do yoga. We want the reverence of Catholicism. So we light candles or we wear saints on our chains. Listen to me clearly, please. The kingdom of heaven is not a frozen yogurt shop where you can pile on everything and anything you like and put it all together and enjoy it because it's all good. 
You cannot ask San Lazaro to heal you or Santa Barbara to protect you and still consider yourself a child of God. His word clearly says that's an abomination to him. Where was I? Being awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Paul says, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? In Galatians 5, 7, he says, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you? Who kept you from obeying the truth? Who interrupted you? That kind of persuasion doesn't come from the one who calls you. I love Paul's attitude here. Watch this. He gets real hood with it. He tells him, as for those people that are pushing circumcision, I wish they would go the whole way and cut it all off. Hashtag, Paul said that. It's in there. Hashtag, Galatians 5.12. I didn't just say that. Paul said that. He says, you, my brothers, you're called to be free. Don't let your freedom to indulge in the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. There comes the one another's and the love part again. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. I'm going to rush through because I know it's getting late. There's so many interruptions that we face daily. Things that would stop us. Things that would cause a delay. It's different things for, 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 different, for all of us, right? What interrupts me won't interrupt you. There's different things for all of us. Some are obvious. Can I help you identify some real quick? Anything that will cause you to break the pattern of fellowship with the body of Christ, that's an interruption from the enemy. Anything. Anyone. Uh-oh. If you feel separated or distant today, then ask God, where was I? Where was I when this happened? Where was I? Who cut in on me? Who interrupted me? Some people have kids. Listen, some people have kids and you don't see them again for for five years. Or until the kids are teenagers and they start wilding out, then they come back to church. You got to help me with my kid. No, you messed them up for 10 years. Now you want us to fix them? Some of us have this twisted, I see this conception, I read it on Facebook all the time, that family comes before God. Uh Uh-oh. Listen to me. God asked Abraham, put Isaac up on the altar. The son that you love. Sacrifice him on the altar to me to let me know where your love is. God is pretty clear who comes first. Amen? I know sometimes, listen church, I don't, let's not be legalistic. I know sometimes we have to work on Sunday and that can't be helped. But then you have to understand that if the church is important to God, if we're created to live in this fellowship, then it's your responsibility to make it a priority. I get crazy when all of you schedule birthday parties and picnics on Sunday. Really? There's no other time? Start it at 2 so you can get there after church. It has to be a priority to you. If you can't make Sunday because you work, because your job has to call you, then, then show up Wednesday for prayer. Show up at another ministry time to get connected because it's your responsibility to be connected. Amen? 
When we're not plugged in, we're not running on full power. You ever use that? Watch this illustration. You ever use the laptop? When you have a laptop plugged in, bam, you got the full power of that laptop. What happens the second you unplug it? The screen gets dim. Why? You're not running on full power anymore. Oh, y'all didn't get that? All right, never mind. I thought that was pretty deep. But I wasted it. All right. It's crazy to me how few of us would allow our cell phones to go low on power, but we can run it in red on the spirit all week. You guys see your cell phones at 25%, you're stressed out. Where's the, I, need a, I need a power. This thing work? This thing. Pastor, this doesn't work! Pastor! I'm at 20%, I'm going to miss an Instagram post. Somebody going to Snapchat, I'm not going to get it. But, we, but we, run, we run the spirit could run bone dry all week. We got a Bible app and a reading plan and we're six days behind on it. Anybody? Keeping it real, amen. <laughs> you were running the race, who cut in on you? Some common interruptions, relationships. That's a huge one that causes so many casualties in church. It should be an epidemic. I see so many on race day. They're running marathons. They're going for months, for years, praying for a relationship. God, if you would only give me this. And the first sign of a relationship, there's an interruption of service, and they never return. Anger could be an interruption. Sometimes things happen and we get so angry, we stop. Anybody? I understand, listen, there's seasons we're going to experience some hard things, some things we can't understand, some things we get angry about. During those seasons, we probably don't put too many steps on our Fitbit, you know, for, for, with our spiritual walk. We have to be careful, though, that we don't let those seasons become lifestyles. Another interruption, unforgiveness. I'll be honest with you, there have been some seasons where people don't do, do things to you or treat you a certain way and it's so hard to keep running. Sometimes in church, somebody will steal your spiritual sneakers. And we have to ask, where was I? Paul says, you were running a race, brother. Who cut in on you? Run it in socks if you have to. That kind of persuasion doesn't come from the one who calls you. Paul says, you know what I do? Forgetting what's behind me and straining toward what's ahead, I press on. Family, I'm so tired of seeing people drop out of the race. Some get interrupted by the enemy. Some get interrupted by their own flesh. Some get interrupted by friends. When it comes to God, to the things that would interrupt our walk with God, we have to be uninterruptible. Worship team, come, come. People getting restless. You got to get this. This is so important. I really believe this is a message that will help you in your walk, that will save some of you. I really, truly believe it. I wouldn't waste my time. Listen, I, I work at NYU in the city. And so, obviously, there's computer systems all over the hospital. And, and like, just about any company, you, you can't afford for the computer systems to come down because lives are in the balance, right? 
There's people connected to life support. There's people connected. Every, you can't have those computer systems come down in a hospital. Or any business for that matter. Because any time lost is money lost. Or lives lost. And so what they do in these big, big, big things, they plug, they plug all our systems into what's called the UPS. Anybody know what that stands for? An uninterruptible power supply. That's why I should have the organ. An uninterruptible... A UPS is a device that allows the system to keep running for a short time. Even when the primary power source is lost. Listen, listen. With a UPS in place, even though the main power is interrupted, we have a backup power that gives us more time to make right decisions. Ah, I love that. In the Holy Spirit, we have an uninterruptible power supply. Ah, yeah, yeah. When interruptions come, we're not left without power because the Spirit gives us time to make better decisions. Say amen. We got to practice that. I love that. If you've ever seen one of these UPSs, if you work in IT or in, or in any kind of these fields, if you've ever seen one of these, you, they're, they're pretty big and usually when they're activated, when the main power supply is cut off, those things, the, 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 these things kick in right away to provide power, but they usually have an alarm. They have a flashing light. There's a beeping. There's a beeping that, that sounds and, and some will start beeping and beeping and they start flashing to get your attention to let you know that your connection to the power source has been compromised. When you hear the beeping, it's time for you to make a decision to decide what happened. Where was I? Where was I when I lost the power? What do I need to do right now? How do I get back? Connected to the power. Listen, some of you are there right now. You're hearing the beeping. You've lost track, maybe. Maybe you've gone and you're saying, where was I? I used to feel closer to God. I used to feel, I used to feel one way. I don't feel it anymore. I need, and the beeping is going off. And, and it's reminding you, it's because you're not connected to the source. And, and, and you only have, the thing about a UPS, it only lasts depending on how much money you can afford. A UPS only has a certain amount of time. You might have five minutes. You might have 10, 15. You might have an hour if you're like a millionaire. Because they're really big and they take a lot of power. But there's a time frame that you have to make a decision. I just want you, church, listen, I, I want you to understand when interruptions come, you're going to have to make some decisions. You're going to have to ask yourself, is God interrupting me to get my attention? To intervene and to intercede because he loves me? Or is this an interruption that's going to keep me from running the race? Is this an interruption that's going to keep me from pressing on to reach the goal? Family, I will not be there to tell you when that happens. that's a mic drop moment because that's that's it